right, girls, let's get 2024 off to a great start. I'm bringing back the program that sparked it all. Pruning to Prosper didn't start as a podcast. It started as an idea, an idea to help women clear the stuff that is preventing them from being the woman God is calling them to be. Beginning January 14th, we embark on a six-week journey of faith-based, inspired action to get your heart, home, and wallet in line with God's plan for you. And guess what? It's not at 5 a.m. Yay! Join me every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the weekly prayer, lesson, discussion, and one-to-one coaching. And Wednesday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. for accountability, questions, motivation, and more coaching. Even better than the relevant topics is the tribe of like-minded women you will meet. I have met the greatest women through this podcast and these programs, and you will too. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. The Zoom link will be emailed one week ahead of time. I hope to see you there. Now, let's get to today's podcast episode. Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interests, but everyone for those of others. Hi, everybody. I am Gina Morton, and I am your host here at Pruning to Prosper. I'm also a professional declutter coach. So this is what I do for a living. I help women declutter their homes. And I like this opening Bible verse because it focuses on others and not yourselves. And when I used to run the high school youth group, we used to have this, uh, I don't know what what you call those things, like when a letter stands for something, an acronym, Um, but joy. We would try to teach the, the teenagers, if you want true joy in your life, you have to have one, J, Jesus, he's first, O, others, And lastly, why yourself? So if you want true joy, do things in this order, Jesus, others, and yourself. And a lot of times when I am hired to be a declutter coach and I go into women's homes and I help them declutter, a lot of times it is not for the sake of them to downsize or to move. It is really for them to live their best life now and to help them run their homes more efficiently. So we're just trying to declutter so that they have a manageable amount of stuff and a realistic amount of stuff that they can manage because everything in your home has to be managed, right? You're either storing it, you're cleaning it, you're moving it, you're yelling about it, you're doing something, but every single thing that comes into your home has to now become your responsibility, okay? So when I declutter, we do more, I mean, I have my own methods, but it would be more in line with the Kanmari method I begin with the clothing and we just say like, does it fit? Is it torn? Is it like beyond repair? Does it fit you? Does it spark joy? We do those kind of questions. And it's kind of focused on the homeowner. When you do the Swedish deaf cleaning, it's really focused on the other person with the heart of the process coming down to two questions. So Kanmari is more, you've probably heard, does it spark joy? Whereas Swedish deaf cleaning It is, will I ever need this? And will anyone be happier if I save it? Okay, so those are the two questions that you would be asking yourselves. Now, you can Swedish death clean at any age at all. In fact, like you can do this if you're in your 20s because really 
what it comes down to is, are you enjoying and using every single thing in your home? And if not, why do we keep it? And why do we keep bringing more stuff into our home if we're not even using already what we already have? So, but let's focus on like maybe my listeners that have grown children, maybe those grown children have children of their own. Maybe they're in high school, maybe they're in grade school. But I remember when my mom's mom needed to be put into a nursing home, we were in roughly high school and college and my mom had a full-time job. And that's where this part of the Bible verse that I chose comes into play because it's really like, We need to be thinking about others at a certain point, okay? there's I think there's times in our lives where it's like we're all about raising our own kids and we're kind of like in our own little bubble of building our careers and building our families and doing our things. But eventually, we need to start thinking about others in that somebody is going to have to come in and tidy up after us. And that person is probably in the midst of the busy time of their own lives. So if you have adult children, I want you to think right now, what are they up to? Are they running a business? Do they have grown children of their own that they're trying to to get through high school or college? Do they live in a different state? Could they afford to travel to you if you needed help quickly? So it's when you embark on this process of Swedish death cleaning, you're really, um, the whole idea is to reduce the burden on your loved ones after you're gone, okay? But you can do this while you're still alive. And just like last week when we talked about memento mori, remember you shall die, the whole purpose of remembering that we're going to die is so that we can fully live. God didn't put us here to just think about death and, well, throw up our hands. No, like the whole idea of contemplating Jesus on the cross is to remember our sins and to work harder every day to be a better person. And there really isn't that much difference when it comes to the physical stuff in your home. Like, how are you managing it? And where is it going to go after you die? So very similar to the KonMari method where you begin in your clothing, that's what they also recommend in this book, The Swedish Art of Death Cleaning. And I did listen to the book. I didn't buy it. I don't don't know that it's worth a purchase. It might be a good library book to get, but I listened to it. It was a two-hour thing. I listened to it in the car and I went grocery shopping and stuff boom, I was done and I'm doing this episode now. So (laughs) it's a quick, quick listen. If you want to download it on Audible, that's what I did. But um, I also want you to remember too, that not only are your grown children going to be busy with their own lives, but they will also be grieving your loss. So on top of this loss of a parent, and maybe it's their second parent, like I'm down to just my mom. So when my mom dies, I am and my sister, we are orphans. And no matter how old you get, and no matter how much you don't think you need your parents anymore in your life, it is going to be a massive blow. I know that. And I think if I did this process with my own mother, I think it could be very cathartic to talk about the things. And I could hear the stories and share the memories with her. And we could, you know, go through the things and as the parent, you can find out what do your grown children actually want. And it's so funny because if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, last year my dad died and my mom asked me, what do you want? What do you want from daddy? And I said, I want the sweater 
There, that's the only thing I asked for. And I, I have great memories of that sweater. I loved the smell of my dad when he would come in from working in the woods and burning things in the backyard. And it just had such great memories of the house we lived in at the time. And just, I just felt like that's the dad I remembered. And then they moved to a different house when I was older and my dad, they didn't have to mow the lawn anymore. And they had an HOA and like, it was a totally different view of my dad. Like he started golfing again. I didn't know my dad even golfed, but then when they moved to this house, he was like, okay, I don't have to mow the lawn anymore. I'm going golfing. So it just, that sweater just reminds me of a time before my dad became a golfer again. And, you know, I think a lot of times people save these things for their children thinking that they're going to want them. But one, I'm telling you, if your children have never seen the things that you're saving, they've never seen you use them, they've never seen you enjoy them, they don't want it. I can guarantee that. That china that you're saving from your own mother, if your kids have never seen it, they've never eaten off of it, they're not going to want it. It means nothing to them. So you can begin this process of Swedish death cleaning by simply asking your children, is there anything that you want? And then honor their wishes. If they say no, nothing, it's not personal. It's that they just don't associate their love of you with stuff. It doesn't mean that they don't value what you did to buy the things or provide the home. It's just not their love language. It's, you know, I adore my mother. Do I want 99% of the stuff in her house? No, I don't. You know what I do want from my mom? I want to sit and have a cup of tea with her. I want to bring her fresh flowers because I always think that fresh flowers are life and I want my mom to feel like she's worthy of having beautiful flowers in not just one room, but every room of her house. And she's got these great containers. You know, she's the one that got me started on blue and white china. And so the other day I brought her flowers and I was like, can we use that one up on the shelf? And she's like, oh, well, that's that's kind of small. And like the truth of the matter is, it's never been taken down and used. It's always just set up on the shelf for people to look at. But I'm like, let's use it and put the flowers in it. And when I did, her whole face lit up because she's like, oh my gosh, I've never put flowers in there. I'm like, well, there you go. I think they look great, you know? So that's the part of like when you're decluttering, it allows you to fully live. You can look at your stuff with fresh eyes and maybe when you bring in a younger person, maybe you're going to bring in a, a grandchild. Like how fun would it be to do this with like a teenage grandchild and just say like, this is what I did in high school or this is what I did in college, you know, and um, or these are memories like from when I was a young wife and this is how, you know, I got this for my wedding shower and tell the stories to the younger generation and then maybe they'll want it. Okay. But so you're going to start with, same in the Kanmari method, you're going to begin with your clothing because it's kind of an easy place to start. And you're going to start with the same stuff that I begin with when I work with a client. You're going to start with, does it fit? Do I even use it anymore? If you have in the book, she talks about scuba gear. You know, she's like, I have all this scuba gear. Is she going to, you know, she's, she always says she's somewhere between 80 and 100. Is she going scuba diving anymore? Probably not. 
So that's kind of like an easy thing to get rid of. Do you even go to the beach anymore? Do you need a bathing suit? Okay, no, get rid of the bathing suits. Did you have a hobby like riding horses and you've got all the gear to ride horses? Do you need that anymore? Maybe not. Okay, let's get rid of that. So kind of start with the stuff that's an easy, I don't even use this anymore kind of thing um, to things that don't fit, things that you don't like. Maybe they were gifts that you just never really jived with your style. It's okay. You know, it's your home. You don't have to keep things that were gifts if you don't like them. Okay, I'm giving you permission to just love every single thing in your home. And, you know, maybe somebody bought you something that they thought you would like, but it just wasn't a winner. It's okay, right? We've we've bought ourselves things that weren't winners, right? I call it tuition. You learned a lesson, whatever. It's okay. And then move on to, you know, things that need to be tailored. If they need to be tailored, then get that job done. You know, make a day that you say, I'm going to take all this stuff to the dry cleaners and we're going to get, get it tailored. We're going to get it cleaned. But everything in your wardrobe should fit, flatter, and make you feel fabulous. And just keep your favorites. You know, don't save the good cashmere sweater. Wear it. Wear it to the grocery store. I don't care where you wear it, but enjoy it. Why have this stuff just gathering moth holes because you think I'm saving it for fill in the blank day? What is that day? I don't know, <laughs> right? So if you if you grew up with plastic coverings on your sofas, you're like, why? Who's going to be good enough to sit on the sofa without the plastic covering if it's not your family? Who's going to be good enough to eat off of the good china if it's not your family? Okay, so what are we saving this stuff for? Use it. If you if you have good china that has the platinum band or the gold band around it and that's what makes it that you can't put it in the dishwasher, who cares? Would you rather use it and have the band slowly disappear because it was in the dishwasher or would you rather have it be in mint condition in an attic that no one wants. And they'll be like, this is perfectly beautiful China, but I don't know what it's from. I don't, we've never seen it. We've never eaten off of it. Use your good things, you guys. I cannot emphasize this enough in all aspects of your home. Okay, then you're gonna move on to things that are big and obvious. You're like, do you have a treadmill that you've never used? I know my parents have one in their basement. I don't think anyone's ever used it. Um, Do you have other exercise equipment? Do you have things in the attic or the basement that you could start to get rid of? And the thing is, when you do this stuff slowly, you actually have time to sell things if that's what you want to do. Normally, I don't tell my clients to sell things because it just, you don't get a lot of money for the time that you are putting into it. But if you have, you know, a community yard sale and it's a once a year thing, then maybe that's when you ask your adult children to come and help you get this stuff out of the basement, get this stuff out of the attic, put it on Facebook Marketplace, see if you can't make a little bit of money if you've got the time to do that and you know how to do it, okay? Otherwise, sometimes it takes a little while to figure out how to get rid of this stuff. So just kind of decide that, you know, today I'm going to take care of old construction materials and you're going to call in somebody and they're going to bring out, they're going to take all that stuff away. You know, today I'm going to focus on drying out all the paint cans and you you work on that. Kind of like my Saturday morning five-minute declutter with me. You're just going to keep working through each room and each little item. And that way, um, little by little, it will go. 
as you decorate for the holidays, look at what you're not using this year and then say like, I can get rid of this stuff because I'm not using it. Maybe you went all out for Christmas and holidays when your kids were little, but that's just not like, it's just not what you do anymore and you don't need to do it. You don't have the energy to do it. It's okay. Ask your grown children or ask your grandchildren, do you want some holiday decorations? And maybe they do, maybe they don't. If you've got college-aged grandchildren, they're going to get their first apartment. Maybe they do want some old vintage ornaments or something. But if not, then just say, okay, and, you know, donate those or or take the time to sell them if you think that you, you want to do that route. Um, but just, and, and again, you don't have to be 80 to 100 to be doing this. You can be doing this every single holiday. I know I look through all my Christmas stuff every year, and whatever I don't decorate with that year, I really look at it and say, am I ever going to decorate with this again? You know, like I remember one year I had a woodland creatures Christmas tree in my sunroom. It was just a little Christmas tree. And the kids and I decorated all these little wooden houses. So we did, you know, we gathered things from the creek and the woods and we went on hikes and we did all these things. We gathered twigs and little rocks and the kids made these little houses that I then hung on a tree and I had little birds and things and I had little white lights on there, but we only did it one year and we've never done it again. And yet I still have a whole box of those ornaments. And now I'm thinking, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm thinking, do I need that anymore? Am I ever going to do the little woodland creature thing tree? Probably not because I've kind of moved on in my taste to more of the vintage um, metal ornaments with the glitter and, you know, the antique stuff is more my taste right now. So, you know, your, your taste changes and, and really that was a great memory with the kids and we had a great time looking for all those twigs and acorns and stones, but it's okay. It was really a, a craft, you know, and I wouldn't, if those things came home from school, I would probably enjoy them for a day or two and then I would say like, okay, we're kind of done with this, you know? So it, it's a memory and then that's okay. We still have the memory. I don't need all the little things to go with it. Um, okay. So then the other, the other things in the book that they were talking about was like organizing your, your digital stuff. So the things on your computers, your bills, getting that in order. And we are going to talk more about that later this month with a legacy box. And so this, I'm going to not go into very deeply because I'm going to talk about it more either next week or the following week about leaving your legacy box and the practical things that are going to go in there. But Really, if you want to get started, make sure it's very obvious that your children know your passwords. Again, when my dad passed away and he had a brain tumor, towards the end, I was trying to get him to remember passwords, and we don't know. So we have a whole computer that we can't get into. Tons, thousands and thousands of my mom's photos that from their trips to Europe and everywhere that we can't access because we haven't. Um, gotten into that computer. And I know we can probably take it somewhere. Um, so that's what we're going to have to do because <laughs> we can't get into it. So um, write down the passwords, write down your banking information and get all that stuff organized so that your kids know exactly what you have and where it is. Okay. The next thing to consider decluttering are any personal items. So if there's anything in your nightstands that you don't want your kids to find or any kind of clothing items that you wouldn't want your adult children to find, 
this would be the time to get rid of it if you're not using it any longer. The other thing to get rid of that would be under this personal items things would be things that might cause your children to um, get angry or open up a wound of some sort. So if you've got old love letters, if you've got old pictures, if you've got different things from your past that you know would probably be unsettling for your children to have to look through, if you've got old diaries or journals, now might be the time to give them one more look over and read them. Maybe ask if if you don't mind sharing that stuff, maybe ask your grown children if that's something that they would want would be your old journals. Um, but I know my best friend from college, we always had this joke that she would always, because she was a journal keeper. She would just, and she kept them, all of them. And she would always say to me, if I ever die, you get in my house before anybody else and you get those journals out of there. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like that's my job. So anything like that, make sure if it's going to cause any kind of a riff in the family that you dispose of that ahead of time, okay? Um, and lastly, I want you to consider what you have that other people might actually want and to start giving them away. We're heading into Christmas and there was a book I read years and years and years ago and I got it out of the library and I tried to find it today on the internet, but I can't remember the name of the book and I can't remember the author's name. But I do remember she was from New York City and it was about a year of no spending. And it, I, it was just, a, it, you know, it was a quick read. It was fluff reading, but it was interesting because it just went through the different things that when you're, when you can't spend money, what do you do? And she lives in New York City, so there was a ton of stuff that she could do. One of the funniest things was she would go to the Met, um, the, the art museum, you know, the Met, is it the Met? I don't know. Um, whatever the gallery is in New York City, the big, big gallery. But it says on there a suggested donation. And I thought this was funny, but I'm an art lover. So I always consider it a donation, whatever they're charging, air quotes. But technically, you don't have to pay anything. It's just a suggested donation. So she talks about like giving a penny or giving a quarter. And that's like a New Yorker thing to do is that you only pay a quarter to get in there because it's not a mandatory fee. But anyway, it was kind of a fun book. And one of the things I really took away from it was she was getting to, I think it was her niece was getting married and she thought, okay, I have to buy a gift, but it's a no spend year. So what am I going to do? And what she ended up doing was going through her jewelry box and she found a beautiful piece of jewelry. I don't remember if it was a pin or like a brooch or a necklace or something, but um, that's what she gave her niece. And I thought, that's like a beautiful gift because it really is something that means a lot and there's a story behind it and you get to see your niece enjoy it while you're alive. And um, that's something you could be doing as we go into Christmas. Like just start looking around your house and thinking, is there truly something that someone would be happy to get if I gave this to them for Christmas? Maybe it's a piece of art. Maybe it's a piece of jewelry. Um, I think books are a great one. If you've got a lot of books and you're being realistic about what are you going to keep from, you know, now until whenever you have to leave your home. 
um, start giving books away with little notes. Like, you know, oh, I read this book and I thought you would enjoy it. You know, maybe put it, if you collect bookmarks, stick a bookmark in there. Um, but books are always a great gift. Or if you have a book lover in your neighborhood, maybe give them a whole bunch of books or put it on Facebook that you're getting rid of books or cookbooks. You know, sometimes people just love certain genre, you know, whether it be cookbooks or history or a craft or a hobby kind of thing. Another great idea, my friend, she has had to sell her parents' home and downsize, you know, like it was a lot to uh, empty her parents' home out. And one day she stopped over my house for coffee or something and she brought me the most beautiful little vase. It's like this amethyst vase and she had the most beautiful flower arrangement in it. And I was like, this is gorgeous. And she's like, this was one of my mom's vases. And she's like, I'm just giving these things away to my friends. And she had, she took the vase to the local florist and was like, can you just put flowers in it and make it look beautiful? And it really was gorgeous. And it was such a simple arrangement, but it was gorgeous. And I thought, what a beautiful token of friendship. You know, just bring, and she knew that I would appreciate the vase and she knows I appreciate fresh flowers. So it was like the perfect gift for me. And now I'm thinking, oh, I have to go back to that florist and bring that vase again because what they did was so beautiful. And it was like this perfect little skinny vase that I can really put in a powder room or in the guest room or something like that at any time. So start looking at your things through the eyes of gifts and you know, don't just give the vase, but maybe get a get a few flowers from your garden and fill the vase with flowers and then just say, like, please enjoy the flowers and keep the vase. And also maybe give them permission. If it's not their thing, you say, enjoy the flowers. And if the vase isn't your, your cup of tea, then pass it on to somebody else that would enjoy fresh flowers as well. Okay, guys. So again, just to recap, getting back to the opening Bible verse. This Swedish death cleaning, it really is, it's about others, but when you are thinking of others, you yourself will benefit because you're going to have a home that is now free of anything excess, free of any bad memories, free of things that you're not using and loving, and you're going to be donating these things or you're going to be gifting these things, but whatever you're doing with these things, someone else is going to find joy in them. And after all, when we have Jesus first, others, and then ourselves, we've got joy. And that's the whole point of doing all this decluttering and organizing and preparing our homes and our souls is so that we can eventually make it to heaven and have the joy of Christ. All right. Have a great day and I will see you Saturday for another five minute declutter with me. Take care.